0: Hi, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am your girl, Suzanne. This podcast is created with you in mind. Each episode is crafted with the goal of empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Not only am I your host, I am a motivational speaker, I'm a minister, I'm an author, I'm a life coach. I am not afraid to wear a gun on a crown. I laugh out loud. I'm not afraid of making mistakes, and I'm definitely not afraid to teach as I grow. So this week's episode, I'm actually going to be looking at the strong black woman trope. It is a phrase that I've personally used as a phrase that I've come to use quite often. And it's something that I really think that we have to examine. So before we get into all this, I'm hoping that you have caught up on the past episodes of Season 3, um, and if you haven't caught up on Season 3, better make sure you're already caught up on Season 1 and Season 2. So if you follow me on social media, and I'm going to tell you it again, I am Positively Suzanne. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. But recently, I posted something personal to me, and you know, I've gotten a few people reaching out and asking me what's going on, so I did say I'm going to explain everything in the podcast. So recently I had surgery. I had not planned on sharing the fact that I had surgery, but, you know, people kept reaching out and asking me to do things. Sometimes it was virtual, sometimes it was physical, um, you know, and I just couldn't do it. They wanted me to be somewhere and I just could not do it. I didn't want to make excuses, but, you know, I omitted the truth and it just felt like I was hiding something. Here was something that I hadn't planned on talking about really, but it just seemed like it was something that I was hiding, like it was something that I had to be ashamed of. So suddenly it seemed like taking care of my health was a sign of weakness. So I was like, no, I am going to just take the power out of this right now. Yes, I did want it to be private, but at this point, because so many folks were just reaching out and asking me to do different things. So I sent a group text to my family member to let that members, I should say, to let them know about the surgery. I told a few friends and then, you know, I was like, okay, I just don't have the energy to text everybody. So I put it out there on social media and trust me. Everybody knows when you put something on social media, it is a place where it's guaranteed to reach everyone. And trust me, because even though some folks pretend or they never comment on your post, they are watching. So they know what's happening. And, you know, honestly, I didn't have the energy to text or call everyone. I was exhausted. My body was healing. It was expending a lot of energy and I was falling asleep at odd times. Okay. And not only that, I was taking medication, so. Even though I'm a private person when it comes to certain things, yeah, 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 I'm on social media, I'm a private person, but I am. When it comes to certain things that I don't want to share, I don't share. And this was information that I really wasn't sharing with everyone, but I felt that sharing this information where everyone could see, you know, my employees could see it. Uh, my employers could see it, my peers, my direct reports. It it wasn't easy because then I knew that it was going to have questions. And then, you know, it's funny, Everybody's like, what's the surgery about? And I, I really value those that says, you know, hey, blessings your way, healing your way and things like that without asking me what the surgery was about. But where did we get this mentality that taking care of our health was a sign of weakness, that somehow you are going to be questioned. If you take care of your health, you're going to be questioning if you could do your job. You know, yeah. I mean, I know history has shown us that society has not been kind to females. Just look at how they treat women who have kids, right? Or when you go on maternity leave, as if somehow when you go on maternity leave and come back, you're less than you're not the person. Yeah. You're going to have less sleep than you used to believe me. Anybody who's had a kid knows this, but you know, now we're at the point where they're fighting for paternity leave and that's not a subject. I'm going to talk about on this episode, but I'm just saying we've come a long way, you know, And I remember as I was talking to the doc and I was scheduling this um, surgery and I was already planning how it was going to impact my work and what I was going to do when I returned, you know, my doctor wanted me to do the surgery in December, but I didn't because I work retail and it's my busiest season. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this during the holiday season. Let's do it on one of our quietest months, which is in um, January. And, um, you know, there were different things going on with my work and I kept pushing it. And I lost a couple of appointments until finally she was like, okay, you, you got to get this done. Let's just take care of it. So I made the plans to do the surgery. And, you know, I remember I'm having conversations at work and, you know, I didn't share it with anyone because then I was just going to have to explain it. And it just, it gets to be a lot sometimes to just try to explain everything. And, you know, my, I mean, honestly, I thought that I was just going to go in, do this and be back at work. And I did get a, a little shock with the had planned to go back at a certain time. And then the doctor sent me the paperwork and she was like, yeah, no, you're not going back. This is the time you're going back. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. So I'm not as invincible as I thought. Right. But as I was planning everything with the doctor, I mean, I already had plans to what I was going to do on the day of my return, how many emails I was going to answer. I mean, I had my day planned, but life is what happens when you make plans. Right. And, you know, it's funny, I remember as a young leader, I used to be so proud of the fact that I didn't take any sick days, yikes oh, those days are long over. I am so focused on my health, right? And I still see leaders to this day that have that same mentality, you know, like I've never taken a sick day. And, you know, I shake my head because, you know, honestly, I was there once and I feel bad for them. And if there's somebody that I'm close to, I'll say, listen, that's not actually a good thing. And, you know, if you've read my book about toxic leadership, that is actually a toxic trait. And, you know, for me back in the day, like just feeling so proud that I never took a sick day, that was just not good because think of the message I was sending to my team if they wanted to take a sick day. Well, the boss doesn't take one, so I'm not going to take one. So I am telling you, take your sick days and take care of your health. So yes, I took some time off to take care of my health. And I will encourage anyone that needs time off to take care of their health, do it with haste. Life is short. Make the best of it. I have said May they rest in peace so much in 2022, and we are still in the first month. So I'm just going to encourage you, do what you got to do to take care of your physical health and take care of your mental health. This pandemic wreaked havoc on the mental state of so many. It doesn't matter who you are, old, young, race, religion, gender, all this. Folks are struggling mentally. Folks are struggling mentally with everything that is going on in the world right now. Um, you know, depression is at an all-time high. Seek help. Suicides, at an all-time high. And, you know, it's just, it's not, it's no respecter of person. It's just everyone um, is impacted. Not even your socially economic class is uh, protecting you. So seek help if you need help for depression. Um, You know, there's a suicide hotline. There's so many different places that you, there's so many different resources. I'm going to encourage you to go out there and seek help and do not be ashamed of it. I love you. There's so many people that love you. That's rooting for you. So do what you have to do. So there it is. It's, you know, it's, I took some time off to take care of my health physically, um, but I'll be back bigger better <laughs> as if, right. As if I could get more fabulous, but anyway, and you know, as I was going through this and I remember when I decided to just post it on social media, because like I said, folks was reaching out to me and I just was like, I was, it's not half truth. I just was admitting it. And I'm like, I feel like they're thinking, okay, there's more to this story. And then like, people was like, oh, you're not at work. And I'm like, nope, not at work. You're not at work today. Nope. I'm not at work. And they're so used to me either being at work or wherever. So, so I'm like, you know, just get it out there. There's no story. I'm just taking care of me and just move forward, right? And I started to think back to how long have I been like this, right? And, you know, I don't think I can remember a time that I wasn't expected to be strong. By the way, did I mention that the title of this is called The Strong Black Woman Trope? Yep, I know I did in the first time. I'm just checking to see if you're listening, right? Right. I was expected to be strong as a child. If I showed emotions, I was told to toughen up. You know, one of the ways to insult you is just like, stop acting like a girl growing up in Jamaica. I mean, I, I didn't cry. I can't remember many times that I cried. I, I honestly would have to be hard pressed to remember when I cried kids at school were pretty brutal. You just didn't cry. You'd be labeled a crybaby, And I just don't remember crying much during my childhood. And, you know, that's not something to be proud of because you cry. And, you know, it's only in the past few years that I didn't see crying as a sign of weakness in myself. And funny enough, I never saw it as a weakness in others. I only saw it in a weakness in myself. You know, my two best friends are Brazilian, and they cry easily, and they cry often, and I never judged them. I just expected different from me. I didn't cry. Well, except when I was watching Lifetime movies. There was a time in my 20s that I was obsessed with Lifetime movies. Sunday evenings, I'd be watching Lifetime movies. I'd be crying because, you know, it's all based on a true story, and they they didn't listen to their parents, and you know what happens. If you don't know, you don't know. Those of you who are old enough to know, you know, and those of you who are too young, you just still young, year, you're not going to get it. But I'm telling you, Lifetime movies used to clean up the tear ducts. who would made that eye just fluid. Anyway, so like I said, I never judged them, but I always judged myself. I expected different from me. I just didn't cry sadly, it was something I was proud of, the fact that I didn't cry. And, you know, as I've gotten older and, you know, I have girls and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want them to think it's a sign of weakness that they don't cry, but then I'm telling them it's okay for them to cry, but then mommy doesn't cry. I'm not saying I'm going around like a big watering pot, but I will admit that I have learned how to cry. How scary is that, that it's in the past couple of years that have learned how to cry. Huh, that is actually something that I'm very proud of. You know, my mom is, was, is a strong Black woman. And I think that as Black women, we just didn't have another choice. That It's what we had to be. Society did not allow us to be any other way but at what cost? We're expected to be strong. And then when we're strong, we're labeled um, angry, you know, and that was the thing that was kind of upsetting to me. And, you know, it's like, you're expected to be strong, expected to be this way and tough. And, but then when you're that way, you're labeled difficult or, you know, heaven forbids the B word and, um, and things like that. And you're labeled as angry and i think the way we are going to fix this we have to change our perception of the word strong we have to change what strong means strong doesn't mean that you don't have any feelings and you don't react when somebody hurts you it doesn't mean that you never cry it never it doesn't mean that you don't ask for help it doesn't mean that you're always you know you have to put everybody's needs ahead of yours strong means Knowing your worth and value, but also knowing your boundaries, crying if you have to, saying no if you have to, and walking away from things that does not serve you. You gotta you're gonna fail, you're gonna mess up, you know, do all of it. And you're still strong, you need to get up and try again. If you said, you know, hey, this is not for me, then this is not for me. It is not a sign of weakness. We have to redefine the way we think about strong. And I am proud to be a strong Black woman. But as a strong Black woman, I'm going to cry. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall. I'm going to have missteps. I'm going to laugh at myself. I'm going to fail. And it's okay. Doesn't make me less than. To me, strong Black woman is whatever you want it to be. And let me address this: mental health among Black women, because we have had to deal with so much—the microaggressions, the the face, the oh—and this is something that I get a lot. And you know, I've said it before: I do not take it as a compliment when someone hears me speak. They say you're so articulate, as if I wasn't meant to be articulate. I, I don't think that's a compliment because my counterparts will get that. You know what I'm saying? If they say something, it's nice speech. But and I'm proud of the way I speak. I absolutely am. But I just think that we have to really look at the way we give compliments and the things that we say. And everybody looks at the world through different glasses. Your experience is your experience and your um. The way you are is based on your experiences, but don't negate what someone is going through. One of the most challenging things for me, and is when I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to them about my experience, and they're saying something like, Well, yeah, I'm not racist. I did not call you racist. I am just explaining to you what my experience is like. And you're telling me, oh, this person's not racist or that wasn't racist, or you misunderstood. Yes, I could have misunderstood. But you need to listen to what I am saying about my experience because no two people are the same, and everybody's experience is going to be different. It's as simple as that. So, I have had so many different experiences. I have worked with people from so many different cultures. And I got to tell you, I try to be mindful because we all have blind spots. We all have blind spots. And as a Black woman, I'm expected to be a certain way. I am judged harshly at times for some things. Um, The way I react to some things, um, some might think it's an overreaction, it's dramatic, it's loud. I'm just saying, be mindful of things that you say to people. And over the years, I have learned to just let it go. And the past couple of months, ever since 2020 and, you know, George Floyd and all of that and that whole racial uprising, I've had some different conversations. And the funny thing is that I find that folks just really want to avoid the conversations. They, they just don't want to have it. Um, you know, they deflect, they change the subject and they'll say like things like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't talk about things like that but it's the very essence of who I am. It's what's happening right now. And saying that you don't want to talk about it, you know, because I think so many people are just talking about it and focusing on it. It just, it's saying you don't care enough to have the conversation, have the conversation. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. You know, actually, there was an episode of Grownish. And yes, I love Grownish. And I think I've mentioned it maybe in season two before. And it's a great show. Like just like Blackish, it's on ABC. Um, I think actually Grownish is on an ABC family, but I do watch it on Hulu. It was a great episode where these roommates, um, Yara Shahidi and um Chloe Bailey and you know, her their roommate, they were talking about and they're African American and the young lady is Jewish, and they were just talking about the different experience. And it was such a great episode. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I encourage you, and even though there was humor in it, it was a great episode because it, it really touched on how to have the tough conversation and just seeing yourself and how you react to the tough conversation. That's it. But anyway, um, so let's redefine. The way we see strong Black women. Let's redefine the way we see each other. Let's be okay with having these tough conversations. You know, I look at women like Sandra Fulton, who is the mother of Trayvon Martin, and you know, and all these other Black women who have had to carve out a life for themselves after facing the unfathomable. In a very, very public forum, they've lost their kids um, to violence and, you know, from the police or, you know, racism and things like that. Women whose grief was on display for the entire world to see. And to see these women turn this grief into something that honored their, you know, the life of their child or their loved one. And, you know, I can see that they're strong, but you know, the beautiful thing is, I could see their pain and their grief. They were hurted. You know, at one point, it looked like they were broken, but they rose up like Phoenix from the ashes. And not once did I think these ladies were weak for showing emotion. They came off as mothers. Society forces this on us, but we have to reject it We have to redefine it, and we have to recognize that there are more than one ways to be strong. Crying is not a sign of weakness. Taking care of your health physically is not a sign of weakness. Taking care of your mental health is not a sign of weakness. Recognizing that you need help is not a sign of weakness. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Seeking professional help is not a sign of weakness. Failure is not a sign of weakness. Walking away from toxic situation is not a sign of weakness. Letting go of people is not a sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, you get to define what being a strong Black woman means. And if that means crying, if that means failing, if that means going to therapy, if that means whatever you want it to be, you get to define it. Life is short. People are dying left and right, and I know that we live in a very highly visible society, and a lot of us are on social media, and we're being judged every day, and we're comparing ourselves to others, but if I could just encourage you a little, there is absolutely no one like you. No one else has had your experience. They cannot tell you how to react. React how you have to react, Cry, grieve, mourn, do what you've got to do, but take care of you. So, yes, I will wear the strong Black woman badge with honor, but I am defining what it means to me. So, I will cry, I will fail, I will go after my dreams. I will be coordinated with my husband and my kids. I will share what I want to share. I will take care of my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, and my financial health. I am going to do everything in my power to be okay. And that is what I want for you. I want you to define what it is to you to be a strong Black woman. Nobody else, nobody else's opinion matters in this instance, but your own. I want this for you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to do what is best for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am rooting for you. I'm going to ask if you could please follow me on social media on the Positively Suzanne then i'm going to ask you wherever you get your podcast whether you get it on spotify iheart google amazon music or apple please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified every time there's a new episode also you can look at the bottom of the um the podcast you can follow along and buy me a coffee you know i don't do tea so a coffee you know i don't do coffee i only do tea so buy me a tea although it's called Buy Me A Coffee. So subscribe, share, write a review, send your feedback. As always, this is Suzanne wishing you the best, letting you know that I am rooting for you. You have got this.